Hello everyone and welcome again to another episode of Papa's Tackle Box. We're very grateful that you're joining us uh, on whatever platform that you get your podcast needs from. Thanks to everyone who's been following us and keeping up with everything that we're doing on Facebook, Instagram, uh, or even our website, LegacyCC.org. Also, a huge shout out to those who have given to the podcast through our website under the Give Now tab. Now, I know you all are waiting to hear what Papa's going to pull out of his tackle box today. So without wasting any more time, you are listening to Papa's Tackle Box. And here's Papa. Hey, thanks for joining me today as we look at things and find some way of maybe uh, bringing some good news and hope to you and some slim, simple little uh, principle that, that will help you and encourage you. And I've been watching the news a lot lately since we're all in this uh, stay at home and trying to, you know, get back to some kind of normalcy. So uh, as I, I've watched the news, it seems to reinforce the message that one person can't possibly change the course of our nation. From the pressing problems that are surging on around us, uh, the task looks too difficult to even try. Our struggles are not unique, uh, but have swirled through the ages and have been uh, squarely uh, challenged by difference-making people who did the impossible, who changed the direction of the world. Right now, things are difficult and tough for us, and we're wondering, can anybody, can one person make a difference? Martin Luther sparked the uh, Protestant Revolution. Benjamin Franklin uh, provided the bifocals. Eli Whitney gave us the cotton gin. Thomas Edison brought us out of darkness into electric light. Henry Ford, uh, with the Model T, broadened our borders from across town to across the country. Uh, where would we be today without these people who altered the stream of history? They prove one person can make a difference. The scriptures also show us that God uses ordinary individuals to do extraordinary things. And, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Uh, God does use individuals to do extraordinary things. Anytime God prefers uh, that God wants to do something, most of the time he prefers to use only one person. Ezekiel 22 verse 30 said, And I searched for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but found no one. God wasn't searching for a committee a group of uh, legislators, all he needed was one person. That's all he was looking for. Who are these ordinary people God used to make a difference in the Scripture? Uh, they're just ordinary people like you and I that trusted the Lord. And, and so today I want you to understand that as we're facing uh, things that we don't understand and facing things that are new to us, that 
one person can make a difference in our lifetime. Uh, so when I look back into the scripture, we find a, a man by the name of Noah. The Lord decided to flood the earth to destroy every living thing. The Bible said that Noah found favor or he found grace with God and he was willing to build an ark and he was willing to uh, follow the Lord and one man made a difference. And then we find there is Abraham. After the flood, uh, the nations grew out of this and God wanted a people for his own. So out of that, uh, well, out of this group of people for his own, he wanted to be able to have a people that he could channel his grace and his mercy. Abraham became the father of this nation. And uh, one, it shows us that one person can make a difference. When we keep following in the scripture and looking at it as we follow along and see, is there anyone else that made a difference? There was Joseph. Uh, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, had 12 sons, which became the 12 tribes of Israel. Joseph was sold into slavery. He was put in prison. He was elevated from uh, the, the prison to the palace to save his whole family from the family, but not his own family, but it saved the nation. When we look and continue to look in Scripture, we find Moses. As the years passed, the Bible said that Pharaohs forgot who Joseph was. And uh, particularly after he had been in office, now he's out and, and uh, the uh, following pharaohs forgot who Joseph was. Israel was enslaved, oppressed, and hated. And it looked like they were done when they called in and, and had all the children, male children that were born killed. Uh, Moses was hid, was raised for 40 years in the palace, uh, ran and uh, hid for 40 more years in the wilderness. And at the age of 80, he delivered the children of Israel out of bondage. Yes, one person can make a difference. And it's not about age anymore. One person can make a difference. We find the next one that made a difference was Joshua. After Moses had died, Joshua took over to lead the Hebrews into the conquest of Canaan. And so now he has to take on the challenge of going in and, and preparing the way to get the people of Israel into the promised land that God had promised them. Joshua is the one that made a difference. As we keep going, uh, we have what was called the judges. God raised up judges after they had settled in their homeland to, to deliver them. Some of those names were Deborah, Gideon, and Samson that you might be familiar with. And he used them to help the children of Israel survive. 
Then we find in the next one that's in the scripture that made a difference, one man, his name was Samuel. He was a judge slash prophet. He crowned Israel's first king and was the one that unified the central government. So he was a part and his his reign and his personality and who he was changed the course of, of just one person made a difference. And as we keep moving forward, we find Saul, David, and Solomon. As kings, they, they made a difference and it impacted the nation. Saul, David, and Solomon. They all made a difference. One person could make a difference. And then when we keep moving forward in the scripture, we find the prophets. After the death of Solomon came a civil war. And and, uh, there was a, a break between the north and the south. And the prophets then confronted the nations and that's the way God was was using one individual to make a difference. And then as we keep going further, we find Ezra and Nehemiah. Both kingdoms fell, the north and the south. The Assyrians came in and raided the north. The Babylonians came in and raided the south. And uh, these men, Ezra and Nehemiah, they led the Jews home back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the city walls, and to rebuild the spirit of, of the people. And then for 400 years, we discovered that God was kind of silent and nobody was making a difference. And then there was one that came out of the wilderness after the Old Testament coming into the New Testament. One came out of the wilderness by the name of John the Baptist. He came preparing the way for Jesus Christ. And that leads us to, to, to Jesus. Did he make a difference? Absolutely. He brought us out of darkness and brought us back into fellowship with God, brought us back into a relationship with God, brought us back into the family of God. No longer are we slaves and no longer are we bound. We're now set free because of what Jesus did by his own life. He made a big difference in our world. And then we have Peter, Stephen, and Paul. Uh, they, they flowed like ripples in a pond. Peter, was, who had denied Christ, became his chief spokesman. Stephen, the first to be martyred for his faith. And Paul, who had persecuted the Christians and the church, now became the church's champion of the gospel. So as we've looked at some things through Scripture, we've looked at history and found how that one individual or one person could change things. Based on the past, can one person make a difference? Absolutely. One person can make a difference. After Solomon had dedicated the temple, for days they worshipped, and when it was over with, without warning... As the king rested in the dark, the Lord appeared to Solomon and, and he counseled him on three things. 
He counseled him on the temple, the people, and Solomon himself. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 said, well, let's go to verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer, and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifice. If I shut the sky so there is no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people, and my people who bear my name, humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Drought, famine, and plague. How could a nation survive something like that? He said four things. First of all, we have to have an attitude of a servant. Humble yourself. We have to have a spirit of dependence. Pray. We have to have a willingness to wait. Seek his face. And we have to have a response of obedience. Turn. The temple was designed for healing, mercy, and prayer. A place where a person could come and experience God personally. Healing for our nation can't be done by or accomplished by a committee or a judge's chamber, voting booths, city council meetings, or church gatherings. It must be done individually. The Bible said you are the light of the world. And he also said, you are the salt. You are the flavor. He said, you are a chosen royal priesthood called out of darkness into the light of God's only begotten Son. You have been empowered by his Spirit. You've been anointed by his Spirit. He said, call and I will answer you. He has not gone silent. 2020, I do believe, is the year of open mouth. And I believe that God has decided to show you and I great things, but he's waiting on us to call on him. He's ready to reveal an abundance, and it only takes one person to make a difference, and it starts with you. Starting with you just by smiling at someone through your mask as you wear, have, or still wearing them out in gathering places where you may be going uh, for a short period of time. It just, just one person can make a difference in a lot of things, but it starts with you. And if you're wanting to see your family change, where can it best start? It starts with you, and you can make a difference in your family. What we're facing right now, and, and, and as we stand on the edge, or, or as we're standing on this edge of the unknown, there, there, we can stand strong and be enduring. We've got to stand strong and be enduring. The Bible said that Moses kept his eyes on God, not the obstacles 
So I want to say to you today as, as one person, can you make a difference in your family? Can you make a difference in the place that you live? Absolutely. And it's done by you have to keep your eyes on God and not on the obstacles. So one of the things I would say as, as we're facing this challenge of what is life going to be like when all of these restrictions that we like to call them are lifted and we go back to the new normal as we're calling it. While we're going through this, can we make a difference? If my people who are called by my name will call on me, I will certainly answer them. So as an individual, what can you do to make a difference during this virus that we're in and the way the world is changing and the way things are going and and, and the way the news is presenting it to us and people are getting antsy, ready to get back to work and all of these things that are going on. What can I do to help? We can call on the name of the Lord and he will answer us. Amen. Hey, thanks, Papa, for sharing that. Um, I actually I only have one question this week uh, and then then we can reel it in and be done. Uh, but. You're talking about the power of one person, and you know one person can make a big difference in a positive way, and one person can make a huge difference in a negative way. Yes, um, you know you come into an environment where there's a lot of positive energy, and one negative Nancy walks in, and the whole place just seems to kind of crash. Um, so as we are. As restrictions are being lifted and people are getting back into church, I know uh, quite a few churches have already opened their doors again. Uh, what could you say to kind of those those people that uh, you know don't like change, but yet as the doors of the church are being reopened, change is inevitable and it's just happening. So, what could you say to that one person? The power of one person. Uh, who might just be that negative Nancy? What kind of what what do you have for them? Yeah, hey, let me let me preface that by uh, Debbie and I and and uh, Paul and Beverly uh, took a trip and we we left here and flew to uh, Vegas and uh, we didn't get there till like one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning and uh, so we had rented a car and we went down to get our car and there were four different rental agencies but there were only two people working all four of the agencies and by the time we walked up there everybody was looking for a car so we were we were back in the line and we noticed that one of the individuals had left I guess it was break or whatever and there was one young lady and and I noticed that as time went on that people began to fuss at her and complain and 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 uh, just you know just giving her a hard time and so when our time come to walk up uh, Paul and I went up to the to the young lady and uh, I put on some of that good southern charm and first of all I smiled at her and I told her that it seems like you must be having a hard difficult time and people right now have come in late and they're just mean and aggravated and they want their car and they're taking it out on you and and I told the lady I'm sorry for these people that are doing that to you and uh, so this lady probably took 10 or 15 minutes longer with us because we <laughs> smiled and were nice 
Not only that, she helped us even in the car that uh, she gave us some things extra that did not cost us and a lot of things because we were nice to her. Now, getting into opening up the church, is it going to be different? Yes, because first of all, uh, uh, there's the, we're looking out for our safety, but also for the safety of everyone that comes in. So some people aren't going to want to come right back because they're not going to know what we're doing. So as people come in, things will be different because now the new norm is the parking lot is the lobby. Right. And there is no lobby. You're just being ushered through. And, and, and more than likely, uh, you know, I, I went to Jack Hayford's church years ago. And when I came through the front doors, was it different? Yes, because we, we were ushered to a seat. We were ushered to a place. And so we didn't get to just, you know, go wherever we wanted to. And so for those that have called a seat and said that's yep. their place and you can't sit here, that might change because right. we may have to usher you in and set you closer to the front and go back so you don't have to pass well, Either people. that or there could be uh, so many new people yes. that just show up that they're just sitting in your seat. And, Absolutely. And, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to walk up to them and be like, hey, that's my hey, seat. That's... You need to leave. <laughs> or are you going to be nice and just go sit somewhere else? Well, you know, that's, that's true. And, and so... Uh, you know, one of the things that I've discovered is that, you know, 15 people, 100 people could tell me how good I preached. And then, you know, if I think one person <laughs> thinks that I didn't do good, I focus on that. So what we've got to do is is we've got to get the person that doesn't like change to focus not on what has happened, but to get them to somehow focus on what good is going to come out of this. So our job is to try to help people see that that out of this, there is something good coming out of it. And first of all, the things that are coming about is because we're looking out for people's safety and we want them to be safe and not, uh, and you know, and all of that that goes with it. But because of the things that have changed, yes, they're going to be, yes, and some people aren't going to like it. Right. And I don't know that we're going to be able to change everybody's uh, mind about that. And, and the problem is, if you like to church hop, guess what's going to happen when you hop to the next place? It's going to be different. I, I think you're going to still find the same thing because I do believe that that churches are, are going to do everything they can safety-wise to put their people at no risk. So I don't think you're going to find anywhere around here that's going to be like it was before. So if you're not look if if you're stuck on this change and you're not willing to change, I don't know what you're going to do. So for us, all of us positive people have got to show them it's better than it used to be. Yeah, so I guess we could kind of just say uh you know to those people that don't like change that you know, might want to come in to a church, and not just our church, but any church, any church and, yes. you know, want to complain about something that's different than it was before. Uh, in a nice way, I kind of just want to, I want to say, keep your comments to yourself, you know, and give it a few weeks. There you go. You know, give it a few weeks, see if it grows on you. And if you don't like it, then you can go somewhere else, I guess. Uh, cause, I mean, I know that sounds harsh. But I don't really know if there's a nice way to say that, but, you know, we're trying to, every church is trying to come back 
as positive as they can because not having church for so long, yes. you know, it, it's difficult. And so everybody's trying to come back in such a positive way. And that's very difficult to do when just one person has a complaint or has something to say. Because just like you were talking about with the power of one can, can change the world for a, a good thing. The power of one person can do the exact opposite Absolutely. and can bring down a whole environment. So, well, thanks, Papa, so much uh, for sharing. Well, hey, uh, thanks for asking a few questions. You know, the, the last scripture I can think of out of the Bible, you know, our words have power. That There's life and death in the tongue. So, uh, yes, we want to be careful with our words, as, even if we're complaining. We want to be careful with our words. A lot of us don't like change, and so we're going to have to accept it whether we like it or not because this has become the new norm. And after a while, I think you're going to like it. You can always, as the old saying is, uh, you can you can reminisce about what the old days were like when you rode in a horse and a buggy. <laughs> and you can reminisce about that you went out in the garden and you had to pick your own vegetables for supper. Or you can reminisce how hot it was at night when you slept without air condition. Or we can talk about how we've progressed and how things have got better. I don't want to go back to the old days because uh, there are some things I do like about our new days. So let me reel it in, and thanks for joining me. Until later, keep on fishing. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to Papa's Tackle Box. Make sure that you stay up to date with everything we're doing by following our Facebook page at Legacy Community Church, Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at LegacyChurchFL, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Legacy Community Church. You can also keep up to date with everything we're doing at our website, LegacyCC.org. And if this podcast has blessed you in any way, you can also give through our website under the Give Now tab. Thanks for listening.